The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred employment hour right here severancepaycalculator.com. excellent tool we'll get to that here in just a few moments as we always start off Lior that is the week that was some things that have come across your desk uh, recently that would be of interest that's right and and specifically with dealing with employment law workplace rights uh, what happens if something uh, something was done to you in the work your boss said something did something guess what we're going to talk about all these things and much more over the next hour and uh, you know tune in and of course any questions any issues you know how to reach me we give out my contact information all the time uh, the law is good the law is your friend we'll talk about that specifically today remember that and uh, to get us started, let, let me talk about a couple of situations that uh, I think our, our listeners are going to find interesting because they're not unique. And you out there that's, that's listening right now may find yourself exactly in that same situation. Mm-hmm. The first one, John, de- dealt uh, with a topic that we've covered before, which is returning back uh, to work from a medical leave. And in this particular situation, uh, what happened is that the gentleman that, uh, that I spoke with that called me had worked for a very large company for over 30 years. He was in his 60s. Uh, virtually his, his entire or most of his adult life worked for the same company. Very well-respected, well-regarded, successful employee. Unfortunately, a couple of years ago, he had a heart attack and, and some serious heart problems. Uh, he, he was off on a disability leave, receiving a disability benefits. And uh, thankfully, and through some hard work and some good medical treatment, he got a lot better Mm -hmm. to the point that uh, earlier this year, he was cleared to return to work completely without restrictions uh, or some very, very minor restrictions. You know, you can't lift more than 50 pounds, which he said he never would have had to do or very rarely. And uh, very excited he uh, because he had worked hard. He contacted his employer and said, I'm ready to return to work. Well, uh, what they initially said was, was quite reasonable. What well, can you get us something from a doctor that shows that you've been cleared? He did. Uh, and then he said, they said, fine, we'll get back to you shortly. Uh, mm. Followed up with them because they didn't get back to him. And again, he got the same answer. We're going to get back to you. We're, we're looking into it. We're going to try to figure out something to do with you. And on and on this went, John, for six months. Wow. For six months, uh, they would promise to get back to him or, or there would be silence. And then for six months, he's been trying to get back to work. And not only are they not taking him back to work, they're not even telling him if there's a job right. for him. And that's when, out of frustration, after six months, he calls me. And what I tell him, of course, and, and I think this is important, is, well, they can't just ignore you. They can't just not tell you what's going on. They can't keep you in this limbo state. By doing that, that's a termination. You try to go back to work. You have the ability legally to go back to work and medically to go back to work. It's either they take you back to work or they don't. They can't keep you in limbo. And by not taking you back to work, by not uh, responding to you, well, that is a termination. And beyond that, I said, if now they were to say, fine, now come back to work because you've engaged Lior and we're worried about Lior, so come back to work. If you don't want to go back to work, I don't think you even have to. Why? Because now they've, after everything they've done, you, you, you probably feel disrespected. You feel that they don't really care about mm-hmm. you. After 30 years, you deserve better than to be strung along for six months. So that is a termination. And the lesson here for, for our listeners, for employers and employees, is if an employee is ready to come back to work, you can't ignore him. You have to do something with that. There's legal obligations that you have to take them back. If it's absolutely impossible to take them back, there's legitimately no job. You've tried, you looked. Well, then you have to terminate and pay them what they owe, what they're owed. You can't just put them on, on the back burner. You can't make them wait and hope that they go away. It just doesn't work that way. So if you want to go back to work after after a disability, if you're being cleared to return to work, you have that right. 
If your employer won't let you, if your employer won't cooperate, won't respond to you, guess what? You have legal entitlements. Give me a call. We can get you for the full compensation that the law provides. Don't just sit there at home in limbo. It's not right. And plus that six months where he was on ice by the company would also count towards his severance, yeah? Well, yeah. Not only does the six mm-hmm. months, absolutely, John, but also the two years he was on a, on a disability leave. Uh, remember, that's a very good point. Any time that you're on inactive, quote-unquote, employment does count towards your severance and, and counts towards your seniority. So it's, uh, it's a very important uh, point to remember. What else you got? The second one, John, uh, it started with the voicemail that I received. I don't know if you remember. I actually forwarded you this voicemail because I, I wanted yeah. you to hear it. Yep. Uh, so the voicemail essentially said that uh, I, I was lost my job. I filed a complaint with the labor board, and uh, they told me that uh, I don't get severance. And uh, what do I do now? And uh, that was the voicemail. And I called them, and we spoke. And what happened with this gentleman, he worked for a company for four years, filed a complaint with the uh, labor board after he was let go, and, and he only received this four weeks notice of, of his termination. Right. Labor board said, because you worked less than five years, you don't get severance. Uh, after he filed that complaint, and that's when he called me. Well, problem number one, of course, he does get severance, John. He gets, in fact, six months pay, and the guy was making $50,000, so he gets another uh, you know, six months pay. It's yep. $25,000. The Ministry of Labor or the Labor Board was wrong. Why? Because his minimum entitlements may be affected by the fact that he hasn't worked there for five years, but it has nothing to do with his full entitlements. So then he was happy. He said, okay, great. So I'm owed six months severance, Leo. I'd like you to help me get this six months pay. That's when I have to tell him, unfortunately, I can't. Because you filed this complaint with the Ministry right. of Labor, with the Labor Board, you're now prevented from pursuing your full entitlements. You've given up those entitlements. So you asked me, so I've given up my $25,000? The answer to that is yes, yes, you have, because you filed that complaint with the Labor Board. That's a terrible situation. I can't even tell you how upset that made me. Uh, I've been fighting this and dealing with this now for, for at least 10 years and it's very frustrating, John, and we've talked about this on the show, and this was an example just last week that I had to, to t- give someone the bad news. Of course, the lesson here is you cannot, cannot, under any circumstances, if you lose your job, file a complaint or, or seek compensation through the labor board. You cannot. They cannot help you. And by filing that complaint, by seeking that compensation through the labor board, you're giving up your entitlements. A terrible situation. Please don't... Uh, don't do that. You have to to get some legal advice. It doesn't have to be from me if you don't want to talk to me. But speak with a lawyer. Don't go through the labor board. Don't lose out on money that you're owed. I don't see the logic behind that either. It's just because you file a complaint. Now you can't get someone legal advice to, to pursue other entitlements. I just don't get the logic behind not being able to do that. Well, the, the reason why that, I, I, I guess the reasons, it's in the Employment Standards Act, that uh, obligation is they don't want people to have multiple proceedings. So I filed a complaint with the labor board. I'm not happy. Now I'm going to go through a lawyer in a different process. Uh, and, and, you know, but the reality is because an individual, a layperson, why would they know not to go through the labor board right. I mean, unless they heard their show? It almost makes sense. Exactly. I lost my job. I think I was wrongfully dismissed. I'm going to go through the labor board, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. The problem is that the labor board doesn't inform you what could happen if you do this. That is the problem. If they informed you, if they told this person, hey, you realize that by filing a complaint, you're compromising your rights, he would have said thanks, but no thanks. So, you know, that's the problem. And and, and I wish there was an easy solution. Other than not doing that, there really isn't a solution. 1-855-821-5900 is the number anytime. We'll get to the severance pay calculator after a short break right here. 
on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 is the number and help at employmenthour.com. If you want to throw us an email throughout the hour today, we'll, uh, we'll get to a couple for sure. Before we get into one of our topics for the remainder of the show, want to get into this. We love this. It's a severance pay calculator. What a beast. So, yeah, Johnny, I mean, the last thing I, I was talking about right before the break was the, the, the gentleman that unfortunately when he lost his job, he, uh, he filed a complaint with the labor board. So, and I explained why that was a bad idea. And by doing that, this particular gentleman lost $25,000. Mm-hmm. Well, what could he have done? Well, I've already said he could have uh, contacted uh, a lawyer, me, another lawyer if he didn't want to contact me and get legal advice. Well, another thing he could have done, even easier than that, he simply could have gone to the severance calculator severancepaycalculator.com and right on there he would have taken him 10 seconds flat he could have found out how much compensation how much severance he's owed if he lost his job that's what the severance calculator does it tells you it calculates how much you're owed if you lost your job how does it do that well it asks you to input three simple things your age your position and the length of your employment you'd literally just pick it from a drop down menu and that's it. And then it's going to tell you how many weeks or months pay you are owed if you lose your job or if you've lost it. Very easy to use. It's accurate. It's completely free. Anyone can use it. You don't have to have lost your job to use it. You can use it just out of curiosity. It's anonymous. And uh, I, I encourage everyone to make that the very, very first place you go to if you lost your job or if you're talking with your friend across the hall and you know that they've lost your job. Tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Also in employer mode, too. So if you're an employer, you can check out what it would cost if you were to let somebody go, yeah? Yeah, so it asks you if you're an employer or an employee. And if you're an employer and you want to find out how much you're owed or how much you owe an employee, you can use that. And for employers, it also gives some additional information, some advice as to how to pay severance, how to potentially reduce your liability. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everyone, employers and employees, to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Rules of thumb that every employee must know. We'll run through a bunch of these, and you can expand on them. The first one's got to be my favorite. Your employer is not your friend. <laughs> That's right, John. And, you know, in, in, in preparing for today's show, I wanted to talk about a few things that everyone should know, should keep in mind, should be their rules of thumb, their Bible, if you will, if they work, if they have a job. And some of these things may seem obvious, but the reason I pick these particular things is because a lot of people don't keep that in mind or don't understand or appreciate it. So if you keep in mind some of those things we're going to be talking about uh, over the next couple of segments, you're going to be protected. You're going to not get into trouble Mm -hmm. often in the workplace, and you're not going to be giving up your legal entitlements. So the first one that you said is, is an important one to keep in mind is your employer is not your friend. Now, if we work uh, for for a company for a while, we develop a relationship, of course, and you know we see these people every day. We work closely with them. You know, we we have good times, bad times, and it's easy to think and, and consider our boss, the owner of the company, as a friend. I've known them for a long time. We get along, yeah. and that's fine. Obviously, I'm not suggesting that that's not the case. It's much better to work with people that are friendly, people that you get along with. But at the end of the day, you have to understand. You have to remember that the employers, they're running a business and the employer is always going to be loyal to its business first. And if you, have, if you keep that in mind, you, you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be protected. You'll understand. You won't be giving up your legal entitlements. You'll know when to ask questions when something wrong uh, is happening. You'll know when to ask questions if, if something's happening that, that you're concerned about rather than say, I'm sure it's fine because my employer is my friend. He'd never do that to me. If, if something is changing in the workplace, get some advice. Understand that, that there may be something here that's not in your best interest. 
and may be in the best interest of the company. If you're asked to sign something, well, he's my employer, he's my friend, he's not going to ask me to sign a document that's, that's unfavorable to me. Well, let me tell you, if your employer is asking you to sign a document, it's never because it's favorable to you. Never. It's because it's favorable to the employer. So if you keep that mindset that your employer may be someone you like and enjoy spending time with, but not your friend, you'll know when to be weary, when to be suspicious, and when to get legal advice. So I think that's an important rule of thumb that everyone should keep in mind. The flip side of that is the law is your friend. That's right. And, and a lot of people are afraid of the law, John. A lot of people think the law is this big, scary thing, and, and, uh, and it's complicated, and maybe the law favors the company. Well, when it comes to employment law, and I'm specifically talking about employment law rather than other types of laws, the law favors the employee. The law favors the individual. The law provides extensive protections that are available to employees in many situations. And uh, those protections are there for you whether, you whether you realize it or not. So don't be afraid of the law. Don't be afraid to inquire about whether you have legal entitlements because in most cases, the answer is going to be yes. And, you know, if your employer is doing something to you that you're not sure whether they can do it, don't, don't be afraid to ask that question. In many cases, the answer is going to be, no, they can't do this to you, and here's what you can do about it. The law is very, very good, which also means that you have to be weary about what you sign because even though the law is really good and the law is your friend and protects you, the law also says that you know if you have certain legal entitlements, you can give those away if you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, And oftentimes an employment agreement, a contract of employment, takes some of the laws and the protections that would otherwise apply to you and eliminates them. So you have to be very careful about doing that and not signing an employment agreement without getting some advice, not signing any workplace document without understanding what you're signing. But the law is very good. You lost your job. Your employer's making changes in the workplace. Your employer is reducing your compensation. All those things. The law protects you in a very powerful way. You have to remember that. And that's when they uh, call you. It's 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to more of this. The topic is rules of thumb that every employee must know as we continue with lots more of the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't checked out this tool, Severance Pay Calculator, go to severancepaycalculator.com as well while we sit here and chat about things. And uh, among those things, rules of thumb that every employee must know. We'll talk about this one. This not only with this, with you know, buying something, getting a bill. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Big time. Yeah, you know th- that maybe should have been the the first one. That that's my rule of thumb that I operate by, and that's the most important rule of thumb probably. And that is, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. And and that applies to anything, really any legal thing, certainly anything to do with employment law, workplace rights. Uh, You always need to have something in writing, whether it's good or bad. It just doesn't exist otherwise. And when can that apply? Well, it could apply to situations where uh, your employer wants to to make changes in the workplace and they want to... Uh, they've given you notice, we're going to change your compensation, we've told you about that. Well, if it's not in writing, they haven't done it. It doesn't count. If they give you notice of termination and it's verbal, it doesn't exist unless it's it's in writing. On the other hand, if you're being uh, harassed and mistreated, it's very difficult to prove that if you don't have some, some, some proof, some evidence. So I always tell people, I've told people on the show, create a written record, right? Create a record 
where uh, you, you, you document what's happened, where you respond to the harassment and talk about how you feel about it, and then it's unacceptable. We need to create something uh, in writing. The same thing applies, of course, to the terms of your employment. Uh, if you agree with your employer on a bonus, if you agree with your employer to, change, to, to give you more vacation or additional compensation, you have to have that in writing. Otherwise, it's no good. Any verbal agreement like that doesn't really hold any water. It's very difficult to prove. Now, you don't always have to have a written signed contract uh, by both parties with witnesses. Oftentimes, email is just good enough. Mm -hmm. It's about proving what the agreement was. So remember, whenever you want something in writing and, and you wish, gosh darn it, I wish there was something in writing to prove what happened, create that record yourself. Don't, uh, don't just sit there and, and hope. So always, always, you want everything to do in writing and, and you know, anything at all with performance relation, uh, related, if, if someone's uh, mistreating you or someone's giving you an inappropriate performance evaluation, respond to it. Put your position in writing. Otherwise, you may be considered to have accepted it. So we can keep going on and on and on, but the bottom line is everything important when it comes to the workplace has to be in writing. Otherwise, it simply doesn't exist. one 821 5900 is the number. We're talking about rules of thumb that every employee must know. The next one we're going to talk about is there's no such thing as, quote-unquote, job security. Yeah, and you know it, it is an important one, and it may, it may sound a bit harsh and mean to say that, but the reality is, from a legal standpoint, an employer can terminate employment at any time and for any reason. Okay, A lot of people believe and, and I can understand why that, well, if I've done nothing wrong and I've worked hard and everyone was happy, then I have job security. I can't lose my job. Well, that's not the case. Okay. Unfortunately, you are able to, or an employer is able to let an employee go at any time, pretty much for any reason, as long as severance is paid. So there's really no such thing in the eyes of the law as job security. Even if your employer tells you, you have a job here for life, that means nothing. Or if you tell your employer that I plan on retiring here and they say, good on you, that doesn't mean anything either. You still can be terminated at any time. Of course, you cannot be terminated for a discriminatory reason. You cannot be let go because of your age. You cannot be let go of your medical condition or, or because you're pregnant. But you can be let go for any other reason. And, and you have to remember that And when it comes down to termination, if you did lose your job, because you've remembered the rule of thumb that there's no such thing as job security, your focus has to turn to, to severance, to compensation. We can't dwell on the reasons because there may not be a reason, and, right. and that's okay in the eyes of the law. What is not okay is if you've been let go without proper compensation, which most people are, by the way, that's where the focus has to be. So remember that you can lose your job. There's no such thing as job security, but the law protects you by way of compensation. Outside of, uh, you know, again, a union environment, doesn't that kind of apply for seniority as well? Some people get you know, a little cheesed off and someone below them, a subordinate in their mind, gets a promotion or gets more money than them, but that's legally fine, right? Well, yeah, you know, in, in a union environment, uh, there's different rules. So, you know, everyone doing a certain position generally get paid the same amount. Or, or anyone at a certain level of seniority get paid the same amount. And you can't promote someone uh, if there's someone more senior that's qualified. So, so there's this, this hierarchy, and the rules are, are very clear. They're black and white. Well, the same doesn't apply in a non-union environment. Ultimately, an employer can do whatever he or she wants. There's no obligation to pay everyone doing the same job the same. If I'm a better negotiator than you, John, and we are doing the same job, but I've negotiated $10,000 a year more, good for me. And your employer can't be faulted for paying you less than it pays me. 
uh, and, and an employer is allowed to let someone go uh, even though they did nothing wrong or even though there's someone more junior than the person they're letting go, again, as long as severance is paid. So, so, so you keep that in mind. Keep that mindset in mind. You know, it may not be fair, and I can't disagree with that. And maybe there's ethical or business reasons even why an employer shouldn't just act in an arbitrary way. But usually from a legal standpoint, they can do that. Uh, but severance has to be paid uh, where, where most employers get in trouble is that uh, they don't pay proper severance, oftentimes not even close. And that's what makes it a wrongful dismissal. That, that term, John, that we've used many times, mm-hmm. and most people know wrongful dismissal, is a bit misleading. When, when you hear the term wrongful dismissal, you may think, well, the termination itself was wrong. They shouldn't have let me right. go. Well, that's not what a wrongful dismissal is, despite what the name suggests. A wrongful dismissal simply is a situation where you lost your job and you have not been paid the compensation that you're owed. That's all it is, always. Uh, so very important for everyone to remember and understand that. We'll slip one in here before uh, we go to a break, and that is rules of thumb that every employee must know. Uh, this one involves the old spidey sense. If you think you're about to lose your job, well, chances are you're probably right. Yeah, and, and that that really never fails. You don't know how many times I've spoken with people. I speak with people every day, literally every day, where they call me, not because they've lost their job, uh, because they, they feel that it's coming. You know, something either was said to them or, or maybe they're just not treated the same way, that they haven't been properly uh, copied on emails, whatever it is. There could be a hundred reasons why their, their spidey sense is tingling and they now feel, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm going to stay around. I think they're, they're pushing me out. They're probably going to let me go. In almost all those cases, the vast majority of them, uh, when that happens, uh, in fact, that is true. That is what ends up happening usually within you know days, sometimes within weeks. Mm-hmm. The person loses their job. When, why, why am I mentioning that? Well, if you know you're about to lose your job or you feel that way because you're probably right, let's be prepared for that. So let's get the documents in order that you may need. Get a copy of your employment agreement, a copy of a bonus policy if there is one. Uh, let's make sure you you have uh, your, your you know latest T4 so we know exactly what your compensation is. If there's performance issues that have happened, see if you can get copies of, of the performance reviews or uh, if there are disciplinary letters that you've received in the past, get a copy of those. Have those documents available to you while you're still working there. It's going to be much more difficult to collect those documents after you've been let go. So be prepared for that because having those documents is going to make it much easier for us to deal with the termination if and when it happens. So in reality, if you, you're starting to feel that's going to happen, they're going to let me go, you're probably right, so may as well be ready for it. one 821 5900 is that number, and help at employmenthour.com. More of the show coming up right here. Hang on, AM640 and AM900 CHML. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. That's through email. And if you have some time, check out, uh, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Questions you don't get answered on the show, that's easy as well. That is terminationquestions.com. We're in the middle of our conversation this hour, and that is rules of thumb that every employee must know. Now, this one this one is going to be on the T-shirt of the ST Lawyers baseball team, and that is simply, don't mess with mama. Right? You know, I, I, w- I was going to use a bit of a different term, but I, I've heard you use that term, and I think that that uh, yeah, It's a bumper sticker now. It. Yeah. it is a bumper sticker, uh, trademark, copyrighted, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I think it, it captures the sentiment perfectly. You don't mess with mama. And, and you know, to, to expand on that, 
You simply do not mess. If you're the employer, you do not mess with a pregnant employee, with a new mother, with a, with a, a parent on maternity leave. And we, I guess we could say papa as well because it would apply to, to fathers on, on a paternity leave. Yeah, you don't get the but, alliteration, though. It doesn't sound quite as slick, right? It yeah. doesn't sound as good. Yeah, mama or papa. No, no. So we'll, we'll stick with mama for, for the purposes of our discussion. But, but that is, you know, joking aside, that is a very important rule that both employees and employers should keep in mind. The law really, really doesn't like it when you, you fire, you, you threaten to fire, you discipline, uh, you change the job, you do anything with a pregnant employee, an employee on maternity leave, or someone coming back from a maternity leave. These are probably the strongest protections that we have in our employment laws is for maternity leave, for pregnancy uh, leaves, uh, for employees in that situation. Okay, So that's why you really, really don't do it. You don't mess with it. So if you have an employee that's announced that she's going on maternity leave, well, that's not the time to start doing performance uh, improvement plans. That's not the time to change her compensation. It's not the time to let her go mm-hmm. or to provide discipline. It's just not the time uh, because automatically, even if it's not the case, it's going to look like you're doing it because she's now announced that she's pregnant. And that's not a good place to be in. You can find yourself with human rights violations. You can find yourself with reprisal issues, violations of the Employment Standards Act. Just a very, very, very bad idea. And uh, so I, th- I think that is... That is a bumper sticker. That is a rule. And you should remember that if you're a pregnant employee, if you're on a maternity leave, you want to come back from work and anything happens to you, uh, then you, you, you're you so protected. You have to give me a, a call. We can deal with that. The rule, of course, is you have to be allowed to take time off work. You have to be allowed to go back to work at the same compensation, at the same level, the same role, same location that you had before you went on a maternity leave. Anything less than that is wrong. Uh, and, and again, just let's, let's all remember that I have employers, oftentimes clients of mine calling me and saying, we have this pregnant employee and, uh, we want to let her go. Uh, and it's legitimate that we, it's nothing to do with the, uh, the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I say, if you can help it, please don't do it. Okay. Let's defer this issue down the road. Unless you absolutely are in dire straits and you have to let her go, do not do it. It's just a bad idea. You can find yourself uh, in, in, in uh, significant legal trouble. You don't want to go there. So what happens to, uh, say, an employer that won, uh, maybe uh, upon the end of the mat leave, there really is no job for the uh, for mama? Or number two, the person they had filling in for the uh, the employee on mat leave is so darn good they want to keep them. <laughs> what do they do legally? Well, let's, let's, let's start with number one, and mm-hmm. that is legitimately there's no job. If legitimately there's no job and you can show that there isn't a job and you've, you've looked and you've even tried to expand beyond that particular job and see if there's other opportunities mm-hmm. and you can show that it's not because the reason there's no job is because you hired someone else. It's just the job was eliminated. We've shut this job down or we've lost this one client, whatever it is. If you can show that it's completely legitimate, then you can terminate and it's still a legal termination. You'd have to, of course, pay full severance, but you won't find yourself uh, in, in trouble with uh, from a human rights standpoint. But, of course, as the employer, you have to be able to prove that it had nothing to do right. with the pregnancy. Now, your second scenario, which is, well, we hired a temporary replacement for the, for the employee that's on a mat leave, and we just love this new replacement a lot better. 
Well, that's no good. That, that doesn't work. You can't decide that you like the replacement better. Keep the replacement and not bring back the employee from maternity leave. That is a classic violation of the Ontario Human Rights Code. Uh, it's a classic violation of the Employment Standards Act. So, you know, the, the answer there is too bad. You have to make room. And if you can keep both, wonderful. If not, if the choice is between the employee that you really, really like or the one that's coming back from mat leave, the answer is you, you go with the one coming back from mat leave unless you're willing to, to get in, engaged and involved in a, in a legal battle. Uh, that's not a good idea. So I, my advice would be to employers in that situation, bring the employee back from mat leave. This sounds really slimy, but if you can afford to have two of them at once for you know a couple months and then you know, slowly, if you pay full compensation, if you pay full compensation and full severance because that's what you have to do, can you let the yep. first one go once they're back? Yeah. Yeah, so usually what happens if, you, uh, if you're hiring a, a replacement on mat leave, you hire them on a fixed-term agreement. Right. So you're going to be in, you know, hired from this date until that date in the future when the new employee comes back from mat leave. Usually you can let them go at that, at that venture if you want to. Uh, if, uh, if you decide to keep them, that's fine. Down the road, of course, if you're going to let one of, the other, one of the two employees go, you'd have to pay them full severance. Right. For employers, it's always a good idea to have employees sign employment agreements that potentially limit severance. For employees, you never want to sign an agreement like that. Yeah. So uh, remember those rules, and, and both employers and employees, you may have different interests here, uh, but uh, the law, the, the rule, the rule of thumb is don't mess with mama. The number is 1-855-821-5900. You don't have your questions answered. You haven't heard your answer uh, come up uh, so far on the show. You can go to terminationquestions.com. There's a drop-down menu. Chances are your question has been asked. There is a, a real, real uh, good library of questions and answers already answered by Lior over the past couple of years. Severancepaycalculator.com is an excellent tool as well. We'll continue with more of this, the rules of thumb that every employee must know as we continue the employment hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Don't mess with mama. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com through an email. We are talking about the rules of thumb that every employee must know, working our way down the list here. So if you accept a change in the terms of employment, then you've accepted a change in the terms of employment. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, it, it sounds obvious, right? But, yep. but it's not. And we've had how many times over the years... During our weekday shows, we've had people calling uh, with questions like that. You know, my, my employer uh, reduced my salary by 20%. What can I do about it? My first question, when did this happen? A year and a half ago. Well, you've accepted yeah. that change. And, and that's, that's so important to, to remember. If your employer imposes a change to the terms of employment, reduction in pay, a demotion, change of duties, relocation, anything that you're not happy with, you, you can't just accept it because once you've accepted it, well, you've accepted it and, and then you can't do anything yep. about it. So uh, the time to do something about a change like that if you're not happy is when the change is made, when it's announced or, or, or when it's implemented. You can't continue working and accept it and then realize you don't like it. Now, in some situation, you may have a small window to try it out especially if the change is not obvious how it's going to impact you. Maybe they've changed the compensation structure and you don't know how it's going to impact you, so you're going to work for a while to see is your is your actual dollar compensation going to change or not. Uh, but once you know that the change has happened, you know what the change is and how it impacts you, you have to do something about it or or it's too late. So don't accept the change and a year and a half ago later or six months later or two years or whatever it is, realize, well, I shouldn't have accepted it. This was a bad idea because by then that ship has sailed. 
you can't do anything about it. And even worse than that, John, as you know, uh, by accepting it, yep. potentially you've now given the employer the right to do it again. So don't let that happen. Don't accept the change and then want to do something about it. The rule, of course, is if your employer does something that you're not happy with, if the change is being implemented, you have to do something about it. You can treat it as a constructive dismissal and get severance, but you have to get legal advice first. Rules of thumb, every employee must know this one. How many times do we get a phone calls for this? Temporary layoffs are illegal. That that is something you know. I you know tattoo that one on on, on your wrist and <laughs> yeah. keep that there for a future reference. Uh, I, there's no such thing as temporary layoff, really, in the eyes of the law. And, and a lot of people are going to find that strange because you can read online about temporary layoffs, and a lot of employers do it. But here's how the law works: a temporary layoff is a termination. It's not legal. It's not something that the law recognizes. A temporary layoff means you've been let go. And that means you're owed severance, or at least you can treat that as a termination. You can, you don't have to. You can sit at home and wait and, and keep your fingers crossed and hope that you'll come back to work or treat that as a termination right there and then. Uh, so, of course, the only time a temporary layoff can be allowed is if you've, you've let the employer get away with it in the past, and now you've created this implied term that they can do it again because they've done it before, or you signed an employment agreement that specifically allows them to do it. But if you haven't done those things, a temporary layoff is a termination. So if you've been laid off temporarily and you're wondering, can they do this? I'll just answer that question. They cannot do this. You can treat that as a termination. Get your full severance, not sit at home without compensation. one 821 5900 is the number to call. And we'll get to uh, what a couple more in this list of rules of thumb that every employee must know. You don't have to accept an abusive work environment. No kidding. Yeah, and you don't have to. And, and again, we talked uh, in, early on that the law provides good protections. What's an example of that? The law protects you, provides an employer has to protect you from uh, workplace harassment, workplace violence, workplace abuse. You don't have to take it, which means if you're, if you're being harassed and your employer won't do something about it, the law provides protections. The law can impose an obligation on the employer to do something to protect you, to investigate, and also may allow you a situation that you can simply leave and treat that as a constructive dismissal rather than suffer that way. So uh, remember, you don't have to take it. It's not a situation, well, what can I do about it? You absolutely can do something about it. Uh, give, give me a call. We can talk about it more. But the rule is don't suffer quietly, silently. Uh, you know, you should always have a, a healthy, supportive, happy work environment. If that's not what you find yourself in, give me a call. And we'll get to the last one of our list here, rules of thumb that every employee must know. This is the big one. That's why we saved it for the end. you got a severance offer in front of you. You have to assume that that offer is inadequate. Yeah, you, you have to. And why do you have to assume? Because almost all of them are inadequate. Over 90%, John, of severance offers are inadequate. So uh, I, I don't get surprised if I see an inadequate severance uh, offer. I get very, very surprised if I see one that is adequate. So because of that, you, you, you remember that. If you're, a, you're holding a severance offer in your hand, you just lost your job and you're walking out of the HR room, uh, even without looking at it and reading it, you should understand and assume and, and believe that that severance offer is not adequate because it isn't. So that's when you have to go to the severance calculator, go to severancepaycalculator.com, give me a call, find out how much you're owed. Don't accept tens of thousands of dollars less than what you're owed. A lot of people assume that it is adequate. Well, my employer must know how much it, it yeah. owes me. Or I, I, I heard somewhere that I only get a week's severance for every year of service, so that's all good. 
well, those things are wrong. Your employer is not often going to provide you proper severance. So uh, get, get some legal advice. Always remember, always assume that your severance offer is not adequate. We'll wrap it up uh, here in a few moments with a couple of emails. As promised, the number is one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Rest of the show is coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll uh, wrap it up with an email for this week. We'll get to Joanne here. It says, I work at a dental office and a new dentist is about to buy the practice. The dentist I'm working for uh, has said to all the employees that if we don't go work for the new guy, then we resign. Is that correct? Well, no, it, it's not correct. And, you know, I've had this question asked before and many times actually in the context of, of either dentist offer or office or a doctor's mm-hmm. office or chiropractor, something like that. So uh, because it's common in those types of practices that the, the business is sold, the practice is sold. So that's not the case at all. So let me let me make this very clear. If uh, the, the business is sold and you're offered a job with a new dentist, you don't have to accept it. Even if you don't accept it, that is a termination, not a resignation, which means you get severance. Now, as depending the reason why you didn't accept may impact how much severance. If you have the good reason, maybe the job is not the same job, maybe the pay is not the same, so there's a good reason, you get your full severance. No limitations, no reductions. If there's no good reason, you just decide not to accept, you're going to go and back to school or go spend more time with your family, maybe even retire then in that situation, you still don't resign. You get severance still, except it will be less severance. Mm-hmm. So remember that. You get severance either way. So, Joanne, no, you don't resign if you uh, decide not to accept a job with a new dentist. You Either way, this is a termination. Either way, you get severance. And if your employer is going to tell you that this is a resignation, guess what? You have to give me a call because you're owed compensation. Tell that to your colleagues as well. They don't have to accept but the best advice here is before you decide whether you're going to accept or reject, give me a call. Let's talk about it. But either way, it's not a resignation. That number, one 821 5900 Run us through the severance pay calculator before we get out of here, brother. That's right, Johnny. For our listeners, thank you very much for listening to us uh, one more week. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. And, and remember the severance calculator. Really make that your, your tool, your, your, uh, your weapon that you have there that protects you that helps you get what you're owed, severancepaycalculator.com. There's a reason why literally hundreds of thousands of people have now used it, and that is because it's the first, the only tool that actually tells you how much you're really owed. Now, what your minimum entitlements Mm -hmm. are, what your full entitlements, severancepaycalculator.com. Check it out. Until next time, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML.